This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek, and I'm here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin. As we get you caught up on uh, the end of uh, season for the Loyola Academy Ramblers football team as uh, we are officially into the winter uh, athletic season now um, with our last uh, fall season uh, team falling this past weekend. We got a lot of winter action, but we're going to do our regular four quarter format for this week's episode of the podcast. Um, First quarter, we recap Loyola's loss to uh, Lockport in the Class 8A semifinals. In the second quarter, we are joined by new Trier boys basketball player Jackson Monroe. In the third quarter, we play away or no way. And then in the fourth quarter, we move on to basketball as we got Thanksgiving hoops happening uh, this week. So um, a lot of good stuff to talk about as uh, both the boys and girls seasons are underway. But um, let's start this podcast off by uh, talking about Loyola ending its season um, with the 35 to 21 loss to Lockport in the class, um, 8A semifinals. Um, I think Joe, when we talked about this game, obviously, um, when you're a team who's made it this far, um, you're a team that obviously has, is a very good team and has a chance to compete for a state championship. And, um, obviously we tried not to discredit, uh, Lockport last week, but I think we both thought that, um, Loyola would be able to take care of business, but, um, Lockport uh, traveled up to Wilmette, a long drive, and took down the Ramblers 35-21, advancing to the um, 8A state title game against Maine South. Or, so both of our predictions for um, the Class 8A state title game was wrong. But um, Lockport taking advantage of uh, just um, moving the ball really well against Loyola secondary uh, through its passing game. And um, Loyola really being banged up at this point of the year, I mean, not really having much to go offensively and losing a, um, basically a quarterback who was able to throw the ball um, toward the end of the game. It just seemed like Loyola um, being undefeated for the entire 2021 season um, in both the spring and the fall just wasn't able to muster up and uh, battle through in a semifinal loss to uh, Lockport on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, um, Lockport proved they're among the best. I feel like, you know, they came up here and Went toe to toe with Loyola, and it wasn't Loyola's day, especially with those injuries um, that came on top of it. So I think really what it showed was, you know, these teams might have been closer to equal, um, or Lockport's just, you know, one, playing for the state championship, so the best team in the state. And I think they proved that. So kudos to Lockport, all the credit to them. Even with the Loyola injuries, I think if then, like I said, it, it could have been maybe closer, but. Um, it was uh, Lockport did what they do. They, they have a great balanced attack with Ty Schultz and their quarterback, um, their tall quarterback, uh, Hayden, and their defensive line. I think Halsek called it the best in the, he's seen all year, which is saying something. Um, got some all-staters uh, on that defensive front. I think um, it's just – that's a really good team. Um, and I think that conference proved – you know, Lockport, Lincoln, we used that they're there. It's a legit conference. Um, and they had a, some runs from some other teams too. So um, that being said, ser- seriously, all, all the credit to Lockport, they won that game, but it really stinks that Loyola had to 
play a season basically without an all state, you know, number one absolute stud running back who was on the cusp of coming back, according to, you know, your story and Neil's story in that quote. He, yeah, he was a day away from being cleared. That's crazy. Marco Maldonado was coming back. Uh, that's too bad. It's really bad. Um, would have loved to see him in the championship game, but that's those are the breaks. Um, you know, Sterney hurts his hand, their quarterback. Yeah, you go, your, your running backs are banged up. That's tough, man. Um, so you get a freshman in there with some some carries. Um, that's tough in those games, but you got to power through it. And Lockport just just found Loyal's weaknesses um, as they moved, marched down the field, and kudos to them. Yeah, I mean, it didn't start well. I mean, it, the lead of my story was, I mean, Hayden Timoshek, um, was sacked for a three yard loss and he had to come out of the game. And then, um, Lockport went three and out. And, um, it looked like, all right, it was going to be what we've seen for the past few weeks a dominant Loyola defense where, um, they created pressure and, uh, were able to, uh, limit what their opposing offense was able to do. But, um, Timoshek and the offense just responded for them pretty well. I mean, he finished with 241 passing yards, three touchdowns, um, and that Lockport. Um, offense just abused it, Loyola secondary. I mean, anytime on third or fourth down when they needed a big play, it was third or eight, third and nine, third and five even. I mean, they were just able to find um, their wide receivers pretty easily. And um, one of the big things, and I don't know how much merit you want to put into it. I mean, um, there were a lot of pass interference plays called. And um, I thought that was very interesting where um, looking from the sideline, getting a field view, um, some penalty. I, and, I, and I think this was for both sides where there was some pass interference calls where it was just like, where are you picking that up from? Or like, where is that happening? That there was one that Loyola was uh, Loyola took advantage of where the ball was not even catchable. I know in high school, that's different than it is in the NFL, but um, you had those kind of calls. You have a couple against going against Loyola that help prolong uh, drives for Lockport. And um, really just at that point, Lockport was just throwing the ball up because either they're, receivers were either going to catch it or um, they were going to get a PI call. It seemed like at that point. So um, Lockport wasn't afraid to throw the ball at all. And you saw why, I mean, even without the, I mean, the reason why Loyola loss is not because of pass interference calls. I mean, Lockport was able to pretty easily handle the secondary against Loyola, any big passing play that they needed. Um, Loyola's line pretty much stopped any hope of, uh, Lockport getting a running game going, but I mean, when you have a quarterback throwing for 241 yards and three touchdowns, um, you know, the passing game is really working. And this is something we talked about earlier, where one of our worries was about the um, Loyola secondary. We saw it against brother rice. We saw it against Fenwick and um, in the biggest game of the year, the secondary just couldn't stop um, a really potent passing game. Yeah. And credit to those, you know, we talked about um, to check, but also their receivers, um, they just looked like they found their advantages and stuck to them all game. It was, like you said, they were getting position and they were getting separation and they were getting those first downs. And of course, um, a couple touchdowns, including one, one really nice catch. So um, at least that I saw. So yeah, credit that whole passing game from top to bottom and the protection, because, you know, they were scheming in a way where I think they were getting the ball a little quicker than East was. Yeah. But I mean, as we talked about last week, East didn't have much of a chance that pass rush was, infiltrating in seconds in microseconds um and so they had to see that they had to they had to account for that because it's not like the personnel change for Loyola those are still top-notch pass rushers and defensive front 
that they were able to hold down. So kudos to the passing game from the receivers to the quarterback to the, to the offensive line. Um, Loyola's offense uh, struggling to get it going after a while. Um, Jake Sturmany, um, Coach Hollis, like said after the game that Sturney hurt his uh, throwing hands sometimes in the third quarter, couldn't get a good feel on the ball, um, had it taped up and just took away the deep ball. And um, when Loyola was tra- uh, behind by a touchdown and a couple t- uh, touchdowns um, in the fourth quarter, you could tell that um, Sturney just wasn't looking exactly the same way that he has in the past. And um, really wasn't able to do much. I mean, he pa- he finished with 166 passing yards, um, but Lockport intercepted him on Loyola's last three possessions. Um, so you could just tell that he wasn't really he, – he wasn't in his full way. And then, like, Coach Halasek was talking about, yeah, you lose Maldonado. Uh, Regan has been dealing – Mike Regan has been dealing with an in- injury. Will Nemesheim has been dealing with an injury. And as um, – as Coach Halasek liked to say, I mean, James Crutes is coming in there and he doesn't really know how to read like passing offense and that kind of stuff. So they just kind of threw Crutes in there because he was a big body and obviously can run holes, but um, he doesn't fully understand the offense being thrown in there like we saw in the middle of the season. So um, I think we talked about a little bit earlier where um, it didn't really matter who the running back was and just because of that loyal offensive line. And um, Fitzgerald got hurt, which took away another uh, pass, uh, blocking tight end. Um, but it kind of showed that um, obviously, the Loyola running backs are um, talented, but if you're on your fourth or fifth string running back at this point, I mean, it's going to be hard to um, get an offense going. Yeah, and especially this late in the season where we're talking about the the creme de la creme of the teams here. These are the they're they're, they're here for a reason in you know 95 percent of cases. So, uh, and Lockport certainly deserved their spot here and in the championship game. And you know, you you make it to your fifth string running back it'd be a miracle to make it through a defensive line like that. Um, no matter how good your offensive line is. So um, yeah, definitely playing from behind the eight ball there with that. That stinks. Um, you really want to see both teams at their best. And I'm sure Lockport was banged up too um, at certain spots, um, but we just know Loyola and this is a Loyola based podcast. So um, it, I really, I was really clamoring to see Marco one more time. And, and that, that's some selfish um, self-serving um, sentiment too because I loved watching him play those first four games and even last year and, and I want to see him back on that field and hopefully we get to him in college because he is that special of a tailback so I uh, hope he's all better he looked all better he put out a video um, of him training so but overall yeah when you when you're when your rushing game's not going like that and um, you got to make big plays in desperation situations it's tough tough to come back all right, Loyola finishes the 2021 calendar year with an 18 to one, 18 and one record, uh, finishing six and zero in the spring season and uh, nine and one. Uh, no, that's not right. Twelve and one in uh, the season, the fall season, including the playoffs. I mean, um, Coach Hollis like mentioned about um, how it's insane that they are playing these two so many games in one calendar year, and um, that his team and players are just going to have to get back into the weight room, get in physical shape, work on. Um, building muscle and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, um, what can you say, Joe, about the 2021 season? I mean, obviously it was a bizarre year that hopefully will never happen again where we have the spring and fall season happening um, in the same calendar year. But um, from what you saw from Loyola, I mean, what are your lasting thoughts about the Ramblers both in the spring um, and the fall? I mean, it was a special team, um, special group of, of players, both. You know, they did lose a ton of seniors 
from the the spring um, class um, from that spring uh, team, um, especially on the defensive end of the ball. So um, it was fun watching them with Juan Pemberton lead the way that six and zero team, and now. You go into this year, it's like a whole new group of guys, and they were just as potent on both sides of the ball for the most part. You know, obviously, every team has its weaknesses, but for the most part, the, I mean, they went undefeated in the regular season. They made it to the semis once again um, without their star running back. So um, just an incredible um, effort, and just I thought, you know, you get this lot of Loyola, um, especially once Marco went down, just such a team um, performance. Um, you just – you just have to admire how they all worked together and uh, lack of superstars. Although you could say Jake Sterney is a budding superstar and James Crutes is an underrated superstar or maybe under the radar a little bit, a middle linebacker. Um, but they, I don't know how much better James Crutes is than Sam Russian or, or um, you know, some of their other defensive players, you know, Mike Williams, Brooks Barr, who's a budding superstar too on defensive end. Um and on the offensive line, they got a few guys that are going to go places too. Um, their wide receiving core was light all year too, and they stepped up. Danny Collins had an unbelievable year um, as the number one wideout. Um, big plays all year, ran back uh, punts as well. So, uh, man, you got to give credit to a lot of guys on that team. And it's it's been a real pleasure to watch them and, and them work together. Yeah, it was definitely fun to watch them play together, and obviously. Um, I don't know if they caught us by surprise, but I think we definitely thought that um, that spring team had it had a playoffs probably would have won the state championship just with the experience and talent that they had. Um, and I think a lot of our questions were, um, is this the year's fall team? Just you lose so much talent. How are they going to respond? How are they going to gel together? And they seem to do it quite well and obviously fell against a tough team against like Lockport, but um, injuries obviously got in the way. So um Congratulations to the Ramblers on a good 2021 campaign, two division titles, um, and uh, I'm sure they'll be um, working all offseason and getting ready for um, another fall season in 2022 um, as they look to get back to another state championship game. Um, any last thing, uh, football thoughts here? Not, um, we didn't, so our 8 prediction did not happen as both uh, Loyola and Maris lost in the semifinals um, for Catholic League teams. Um, Julia Catholic is going to be playing in 4A, Fenwick is playing in 5A, and then St. Rita is playing in 7A, but Brother Rice lost in the semifinals there um, to Eden North. Just any, uh, as we head into championship weekend over here in DeKalb, uh, Joe, any um, lasting thoughts about football, anything that surprised you other than the uh, Loyola game here? You know, Maine South, I think when we talked about it, I said like, you know, they've, they've escaped a lot of games, and I think this is the one that they won't be able to escape if they go down. And they went down and they came back. They <laughs> did it again, these kids. Uh, so kudos to them. Got to give the, the Hawks all the credit in the world. They've been down in a lot of games and they just, they're a second half powerhouse. Uh, Mike Sajenko went nutty again um, against Maris. So that's going to be a, a fun battle. I really think so. Lockport and Maine South. In 7A, how about Wheaton North? Uh, I uh, was talking to some friends out here. Um, cause I live in the Western suburbs and I said, I haven't seen Wheaton North, but brother rice is the best team I've seen after Loyola lost Marco Baldonado. I think brother rice is the best team. So I'd have to give them the edge and Wheaton North took care of business. That is an unbelievable team. Um, so that was really great too. Um, good to see them play. And that'll be a fun championship game 
as yeah, well. Yeah, we didn't know if, uh, we didn't know his defense against uh, Saint Rita's offense is going to be quite the battle on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome with with um, Caleb back and playing like he's playing. Obviously, he's an Ohio State commit. He's a special special player, and it seems like he's playing uh, for a state title. So that's going to be good stuff. Should be a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward to that. Obviously, wish the Ramblers were there, but um, looking forward to it um, as we are heading over to the final weekend of football as uh, the podcast is now going to make the official jump over to the full winter season. Um, and let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrier boys basketball player Jackson Monroe. Um, he recently announced that he has committed to play collegiate basketball at Dartmouth University or University of Dartmouth. I forget which one it is. Um, but uh, Joe, I know you got a chance to check, uh, check up with uh, Jackson. So what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, I talked to Jackson just about, you know, his commitment to Dartmouth and, and why that was the right choice for him and what he wants to do with his game to be prepared to play at that level. Um, and we talked about, um, you know, just the season in general, what he thinks of this team. He makes pretty bold statements uh, about the expectations for these guys. All right, let's take a listen. And I know, congratulations, um, you just committed to Dartmouth. Tell me why Dartmouth's the right pick for you and why you're excited about it. Yeah, I think just academically, Dartmouth is just obviously it's it's world class, and I think it just fits my personality um, in that sense. But also, um, I love the campus when I was there, and I loved hanging out with the guys when I visited, um, and I love the coaching staff. Um, but also, I think they haven't really been winning that much recently, um, and I think the opportunity to sort of have a have the chance to like turn that around um, and be a part of a, ch- a culture change sort of would be really cool and sort of have a legacy I think is, is something that appealed to me so oh nice that's great man um, yeah um, again congrats and what do you think you know you know at your position thinking about what they need what 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 you have right now what do you have to do to make an impact on that level what do you want to do before college to your game um, I think the main thing will just be adding weight and getting stronger. Um, from what I've talked to, all the coaches I've talked to think I'm, I'm really skilled, um, but they just they always point out my body and how that, I obviously I have to add weight to play at a high level in college, um, given my position. So I think just adding weight and getting stronger would be the number one thing. Okay. High expectations going into the year. What can this team accomplish? I think, honestly, we can... We can accomplish just about anything, anything at all. I think we can, we can win a state championship. We're that talented. Um, I think it will just come down to, uh, um, just you know, figuring out what we're not good at first. And I think most of that is probably going to be on the defensive end. And if we can just get our effort and intensity um, on the defensive end of the ball, I think we have a chance to beat anyone in the state and really make a deep run. Thanks so much, Jackson, for joining us. And thank you to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate your guys' insight. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter of the podcast where we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game where I throw out a proposition and Joe and I argue whether it can happen way or it can't happen no way. Um, all right, we got Nutrier and Loyola compete boys basketball competing in their uh, basketball Thanksgiving tournament this upcoming weekend. Loyola 
um, and Nutri are playing against each other um, a little bit before we recorded this podcast on Wednesday afternoon before Thanksgiving. Um, so way or no way, Joe, that Nutrier uh, wins the tournament this weekend. Uh, I think way, um, like, you know, you kind of just heard from, um, Jackson, you did say boys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Making sure. Uh, yeah. You just heard from Jackson. That's, uh, this is a really good team with high expectations, but, uh, we, we, as we kind of briefly talked, touched on last podcast by Loyola, always gritty, always really good and always well coached and disciplined. They're going to make you work for every basket. So I'm very interested to see these two because Nutria's offense is uh, its going to be elite. It is elite already. Um, I think I saw some highlights for the first game. I think, you know, most of them were dunks. It's like, are we talking about Nutria here? We got six or seven dunks in a game. Uh, this, <laughs> team, this team's just really good, really exciting, high-flying, um, and they got the shooting around it. I'm excited to see them. Um, so they play Loyola right now as we're, as we're talking on this pod. Um, so this, I think these two are going to be the ones and uh, who, who, who we'll see will play on, on Saturday. But um, I think Nutria takes it for what? Yeah, I think uh, Way Nutria is going to take this tournament. Because based on, I feel like we have more knowns with Nutria than we do with Loyola. Obviously, you know the consistency of a Coach Libertino team. But um, I think we just know the players more. We know what they're able to do more um, when it comes to Nutria. So um, Way, I do think that Nutria will win the boys' basketball Thanksgiving tournament uh, this weekend. All right, wrestling is back to its normal place in the winter um, here. So way or no way, Joe, that the new Trier uh, wrestling team can win the CSL South this year? I think way, you know, that this team uh, is really legit. Um, they proved that last year. You know, they've been kind of on the rise, that program under Mark Tattleman, um, for a little bit. And especially with, they got a youth program in the area and all that good stuff. And they're really just, you know, becoming one of the best and kind of that big chip on their shoulder was beating Maine South, um, which they did last year to complete, I believe um, it was an under, under uh, undefeated slate in the conference last year. So they're returning a lot of guys. Um, it's just, it's, it's a very talented, well-balanced roster. Um, I think, uh, I think Wade, they're going to take the, the conference once again. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to agree with you again. I think uh, um, after not competing last winter and obviously having the uh, spring, uh, the spring fall or uh, spring summer season, whatever you want to call it, um, I think a lot of those wrestlers are going to come back determined and um, really played well against the conference last year. Um, so I think that they'll do that again this uh, fall, winter, especially with the experience um, that they do have coming back this winter. So way, um, I do think Nutria will win the CSO South this year. All right, way or no way that the Nutrier boys swimming team, swimming and diving team, will win a sectional this year. Oh, man, I, I uh, oh, you're catching me at one here. I'm going to say way. Um, you know, similar to the girls, they do the the depth of the program is always so strong um, that they place in multiple spots at sectionals and conference things like that. And just rack up the points, rack up the points. Um, I'm pretty sure they got um, a strong, strong returners again. So I will say way. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think um, depth seems to be the key when you're trying to win a sectional championship. And um, I think that's what Nutria has that other programs sometimes don't. I think um, they'll have a good opportunity and that they should probably win 
um, a sectional championship this upcoming year. All right, girls gymnastics is pushing back here as we are entering uh, the first couple weeks of December. So way or no way that this new trio girls gymnastics team can make a push toward a state championship. State championship, I don't think they're there. Um, a run at state, I think they could do it this year. Um, I think they have a couple returners, including um, all-state diver Sydney Holder. She's also a gymnast. Um, if she's back and healthy, I think she'll lead that squad. And they got a couple others um, that are going to be right there as well. So um, I think it'll be it'll it, it's a good it's a good roster. It's a good lineup that they're going to put out there. Um, they did lose a couple seniors, but I do think that they have enough to to you know get in those. 136 to 140 range and in, in, um, in points and compete for state, but not win a state title. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I'll agree with you. I think it'll go no way there where um, they can probably compete. I think uh, we're going to get to know a little bit more about these gymnasts as we get closer to um, more duels and competitions there. But I think I'll agree with you there. Um, I think it'll go no way that they can uh, win a state title, potentially make a push for state, but um, a state title. I don't know if that's going to happen uh, this year. All right. And finally, last way or no way question of this podcast. Um, we talked about Loyola finishing the season 18 and one um, or this uh, calendar year 18 and one, um, but ultimately finding uh, falling in the semifinals. Way or no way that you can call this Loyola football season a disappointment? Oh, no way. I mean, with the injuries, I mean, you, you literally lost probably obviously biased opinion. This is a North Shore podcast, but I think the best running back in the state and you lost him in week four. He was your guy. You centered your whole offense around him. Um, obviously, you had backups that had good seasons, but they got hurt. Regan got hurt. Nemeshine came in, had a great couple games. He got hurt. Um, so you really struggle with some injuries. I don't I I still think with Maldonado, they are the best team in the state and it, they wouldn't have been touched. I really do think that. So I, uh, I say there's no way you can call it a disappointment. What they did in a, in a uh, how many months, you know, I know it was a calendar year, but it was really what, nine months? Was it even yeah. something like that? What they did in that stretch was incredibly impressive. Uh, some unbelievable victories, great moments. Uh, I, you can't call it a disappointment. No way. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. No way. I mean, just based on, I think it had Loyola lost with its full arsenal um, on Saturday, maybe you could potentially say that because obviously the goal is to win the state championship every, every year. And that's the um, level that they pushed it at. But I mean, you are so depleted uh, just with so many injuries and um, being able to finish the season undefeated without your best player um, and best running back, I mean, uh, is impressive enough and obviously getting to that point. So um, yeah, I think I agree with you. No way that was a disappointment. Um, unfortunate that they weren't able to make it to the state championship game, but um, don't think you can call this football season a disappointment. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we get our hoops on. Um, we got some basketball happening like we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, the new Trier uh, girls basketball team has started the season three and one and Loyola Academy girls basketball team has started the season four and oh. Um, obviously really early here, Joe, but what have you noticed about each girl's team so far? Well, yeah, it's tough because uh, I really like to get out and see them, and I know that's happening soon. But um, uh, I'm, first, let's start with Loyola. As I mentioned, they lost um, 
all five of their starters, at least most of the season they started, uh, all seniors who all went out and played college basketball. That's a lot of talent leaving, uh, going outside the door. So um, I've been impressed that they've started 4-0. Um, and the tournament's got a good range of teams. You get to see a lot of different looks from different teams. Um, usually Loyola and Nutria are kind of at the top of that class, but Stevenson's in there and they took down Stevenson. I'm sorry. They're actually five and zero. So pretty impressive stuff from Loyola hoops so far this season. We'll see what they can do against Nutria because Nutria also looked pretty good. Um, they did lose to Stevenson, but they took care of uh, the rest of their slate so far. So that game's uh, also going on tonight. So we'll see, but I think I've been slightly more impressed with Loyola girls, um, but I think they're both going to, they're both going to do damage this year. Both going to be, you know, top five type teams, top four type teams in the sectional um, and, uh, and do damage in the playoffs. Yeah. Both teams are battling it out right now, but um, both teams should be really good. Like we're expected and uh, should be uh, fun to see what they're able to do as we move uh, deeper into um, conference play and get some holiday tournaments as well. um, Once we move into December, but um, both uh, Loyola boys and uh, Nutria boys uh, playing as well. Um, Obviously, we feel like we talked about it in a way or no way. We know more about this Nutria boys team um, than we know about the Loyola boys team. Um, just what can we say? So, I mean, a game or two uh, into this year. I mean, just what can we say about this Nutria boys basketball team and what potentially that they can accomplish? I mean, I saw some South Power rankings where um, Nutria is the top team in the CSL South ahead of GBS and um, Evanston isn't even ranked or um, just what are the potentials for what Nutria is really able to do this season? both in the CSL South and let alone in, in its uh, sectional when it comes time for the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, uh, Evanston hasn't made any headlines yet, which is kind of scary, right? Like they're going to, they're going to sneak up on some folks because they always are well, uh, a talented team and, and well coached right. and, and do damage. So excited to see them too, but we know what Glenbrook South has with their power too in Martinelli and, and uh, NORAD. Um, so they're going to be up there. I think they're going to battle without them Trier. I think those games are going to be explosive, high scoring for the CSL South high scoring games. It's going to be got to got to set the ceiling. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I do think Nutrier probably has the edge. Um, I think they're just they're so deep and balanced. I love the balance with the shooting of guys like Fegan and Kirkpatrick and um, even even their big guys can shoot, but I'm just talking about just kind of that perimeter. They got they got an experienced point guard in Canelos, who was the point guard last year. Um, and then they'll know they got Monroe, Finn Cohen, Carlo Kolak, uh, all guys who have experience at the varsity level, have experience playing major tournaments in uh, club and travel ball, AAU stuff. So uh, man, the team's it's, it's deep. It's going to be very good. They're going to put it on some folks. Um, and as you heard from Jackson Monroe, he said he thinks they they shore up some things on the defense or, or figure out what their identity is there. They, they, he, he gives them a chance against anybody right now. So um, I think that's a bold statement, but I love the confidence. I think they enjoy playing together. So, yeah, I'm pretty hyped about this new cheer team. Do you think this Nutria team could potentially be the best one we've seen in the, in a little bit here? I know that uh, Kieran Brayboy team was um, really good a few years ago, but um, how good do you think this Nutria team can be compared to 
um, other boys basketball teams we've seen in, even in the past decade. I do. I think it can be that good. We go back to the um, the team with Stephen Cook and Connor Bame um, back in the early 2010s. Uh, those guys made it to the – actually, I don't think Connor was on the team when they did make it. Reed Berman was the point guard. They made it to the super sectional against Jabari Parker. And so um, I, he had a team around him too at Simeon, but also Jabari Parker. But uh, yeah. so, I mean, I think this is a type of team that can go that far. I think they're that talented in this area and in this, in this region and in the sectional um, to come out of it. I really do. Um, I also think, by the way, that Glenbrook South is right up there too and could also, if things go right uh, in a similar position, I just think Nutria might be a little deeper um, at this point. But uh, I, think it, I think it's that good, Mike. I think those teams playing against each other in Evanston and like Nate South is in a slouch or anything like that. And the other teams in CSL South, like Glenbrook North and Niles West, they're um, not easy teams either. Um, I think playing their conference will especially help them when it comes time for the playoffs. I think that, um, you know, the GBS games, I assume, are going to be really tough. The Evanston games are going to be really tough. And um, I think that that will really prepare them um, when it comes time to play for a regional championship or even a sectional championship. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be fun. You get battle tested out here, especially um, in this stretch of a couple of years. A lot of good teams. For Loyola, like we talked about, um, we just got to find out more about them, obviously. Um, we know what kind of, they're going to be an intense team playing, a team that plays hard defense under uh, Coach Tom Lovatino. But um, I feel like this team might go through a little bit of a, a feeling of process as we uh, get going here. Yeah, I do too. Um, but they, you know, so far, they put up some good numbers offensively too. Um, they put up 70 against Lake Zurich. Um, so they got some guys that, that have some experience that um, are ready to go here. Um, Connor Casper comes to mind. Johnny, Johnny DeGoosen. Um, I probably pronounced that wrong. Sorry, Johnny. Um, they got Boland. Um, yeah. So they're a good team too. Um, I, I'm excited to see these two teams play or at least uh, read about it um, when we can. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. I think Loyola is going to make a run. I think they're going to be really good in that conference, although uh, that conference is good as well um, with St. Rita leading the way. But um, I think they'll make some noise there and they will be a team you don't want to play like they always are. Yeah, definitely. So it should be a lot of fun to see um, what happens as we get going here with Hoops Action. And um, I think that's everything we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple, Android, um, whatever have you, make sure you subscribe and give us a nice little review. Make sure you spread the word when you're in those basketball or gyms or uh, swim meets or wrestling meets, whatever you're at. Make sure you spread the word about the record North Shore and the Varsity uh, podcast. I'll be in DeKalb this up weekend, so make sure you follow me for all the different uh, class championship action. I know Loyola and Nutria are not playing, but um, some good football will be happening over the weekend, so make sure you follow my coverage at Friday Night Drive and make sure you follow Joe at therecordnorthshore.org for all the latest when it comes to Nutrier uh, and Loyola Boys and Girls Basketball uh, Tournament. So for joining us, thanks so much for joining us this week. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See ya.
Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.